We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Fantastic. If you would, turn to Acts 1-8 or find your listening sheet. It's, it's at the top. We'll read that together in a moment. Uh, before we do, uh, I hesitate, but I am going to remind you, today is Sunday number 16, day 108. Are you worn out yet? Aaron is over it. <laughs> you know, with, with it being day 108 and us being about over it, I do want to take a moment of privilege um, to speak to those watching by TV, and in particular, those who are watching in the hospitals today. Uh, we know that, that so many doctors and nurses and patients watch our broadcasts um, from the hospitals and from rehabs, and we're grateful for you. As worn out as we are, um, we know that you are exponentially more exhausted. And for, for all of you who are healthcare workers, we love you, and we want you to know that we're praying for you and that God is with you. And God's gonna, God's gonna walk with you through this. And through the, the pain and the long nights and the misinformation and everything that you're having to face, God loves you and God is with you. And, and we're going to love you and support you any way we can. And so thank you for, for watching. Thank you for being a part of the service. Um, we're for you and we're going to pray uh, with you. So let me take a, a moment now and, and pray for those. As we'll pray for our healthcare workers in Bear County, um, ask God's grace over them, over our hospitals and, and those in their care. Um, so let, let's take a moment and pray for them. Father, we are grateful for our doctors, our nurses, our hospitals all that help them to run and go smoothly. For all of those who, who are carrying on the front lines, tending to patients. And Father, we're, we're grateful. We're grateful for their, their work and for their wisdom, and we pray that you'd be with them. Lord, that you'd protect them, that you would give them wisdom. And Lord, we pray that you would provide a cure. Lord, it's, it's by your hand that we will be brought through this. And we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will restore and redeem. Lord, make us whole again. May your spirit descend and make things right. And Lord, for all of those uh, doctors and nurses and healthcare workers that are, that are listening right now, we pray that your spirit will be with them. Wrap your arms around them and love them and comfort them as only you can. 
It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's turn now to our reverse text for the week. As Aaron said, this week we have one verse in reverse. So if you would, let's stand together and we're going to read aloud Acts 1, verse 8. This then is the text for today. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. May God bless the reading of his word. We do only have one verse today for our readings that we've had all week long, but out of that we're, we're actually going to jump into Acts 8. Um, many scholars look at Acts 1, verse 8, as sort of an outline. It's an outline of the work of the church across the globe, and it's an outline of the book of Acts itself. And so we're going to kind of move from that work in Jerusalem, and you see the work in Jerusalem in Acts 1 through 7, and then we're going to move more towards Acts 8. And in Acts 8, you see the transition where the church begins to bubble up out of Jerusalem and begin to go out into Judea and Samaria uh, and beyond. And so we're going to be looking through Acts 8 in a moment, too, if you want to you turn there as well. And so as we do, what we recognize is this is the Word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was the one who spoke into the hearts and, and lives of believers as they have handed down this truth to us. Through the generations, thousands of years of truth handed down to say, this is the way and word of God. This is the truth of heaven out of the mind of the Creator. Hold it close and keep it with you. Keep it in your heart and know it intimately. This is your guide the work and word of God. Now, one of the men prompted by the Holy Spirit to write was Paul, or also known as Saul. He went by both names at one time or another. And by either name, he is credited with writing 13 of the books of the New Testament, from Romans to Philemon. And not only that, not only is he credited with writing some 13 books of the New Testament, essentially much of the book of Acts is about Paul. You read about him in chapter 8 and chapter 9, then you get to chapter 13, and from chapter 13 through 28, the whole second half of the book is about Paul's work and how the Holy Spirit inspired him and how the Holy Spirit picked him up and how the Holy Spirit gave him the words to say and how the Holy Spirit told him to go here and go there and how the Holy Spirit told him to run when it was time to run and how the Holy Spirit told him to stay when it was time to stay and fight. And there were, there were these cities, you read through that, that second half of Acts as, as Paul is running. You see, he gets to cities and there's times where he just runs out of town because there's people seeking to, to, to kill him. And there's other times where he just kind of hunkers down and he preaches the gospel. And it was the Spirit that was just kind of prompting him all along whether to stay or to go and where to go. And he was listening to the Spirit, saying this, saying that. It was the work of the Spirit in his life. But not today. In today's text, this man, Saul, who would later be filled with the Spirit, when you're reading in Acts 8, he is a terror. 
seeking to destroy Christianity. Acts 8 says he is wreaking havoc on the church, dragging Christians off to prison just because they believe in Jesus Christ. You know, we, we talked a little bit about this last week, but this kind of persecution still remains today, and, and we don't need to miss it. We don't need to overlook that these kinds of things are still happening across the globe today. I mean, the worst offending countries are North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, uh, Eritrea, Sudan, Yemen, in, uh, Iran, India, Syria, and the list goes on. These things are still happening, and, and I hope you've heard the stories coming out of China more recently where China are dragging pastors off to prison, tearing crosses off of church walls. These things are still happening today. Christians terrorize for their beliefs the world over. And Paul, this man who wrote 13 books of the New Testament, was one of the worst terrorizers in the early church. It all began in Jerusalem. Paul was dragging every Christian out of every house he could find in Jerusalem. And see, out of this, the, the, the church began to, to do something different. In fact, as we get to our reverse uh, text for this week, it's interesting because in, in the reverse text, we, we see it starting in, in Jerusalem, and it says, you're going to be my witnesses. And God tells them by the Holy Spirit, you're going to witness in Jerusalem, and then you're going to go to Ju Judea and Samaria. And it's going to grow out of that. And where we see that happen is Acts chapter 8. As, as, as the persecution comes in on Jerusalem and they're facing suffering and pain and terror in Jerusalem, it's, it's like they had to get out. And so essentially it says all but the apostles, the, the church begins to get out of Jerusalem and they, they says in Acts 8, they go to Judea and Samaria and they go to all of these surrounding regions because Paul was forcing them out. The church was starting to flee because of the pain. And, and you see this, as the church began to flee, you see it all in that, that passage Aaron, Aaron read earlier in Acts 8, 1 through 4. As the church begins to flee, she doesn't run empty-handed. And this is one of the things that we need to recognize. It doesn't matter where the church goes. It doesn't matter what the church is facing. But the church doesn't go empty-handed, and the church does not go with an empty heart. That when the church goes, it's that they were taking the Word of God with them. That wherever the church found herself, the Word of God was on her lips. And in fact, wherever the church went, whether it was in the pain of Jerusalem or if it was running to Judea, the Holy Spirit was in their hearts, and they were doing the work of God wherever they found themselves that day. It didn't matter what they faced. It didn't matter what pain they were up against. They had the Word of God in their hand and the Holy Spirit in their heart, and that's how they were going to live. That's how they were going to operate. They were proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ wherever they found themselves. They were a witness to whoever God put in front of them. You know, it's a good word for us this morning as, as we face a pandemic and as we face the pain uh, of people of sickness around us and all of these things that seem to be closing in on us. When the early church was met with that kind of pain, they proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ even louder. And their witness was broadcast even further than it had ever been broadcast before. But as we think through this, one of, one of the hard things that's been, been hard for us to think through, and it's, it's hard when you study the book of Acts, and it's hard when you're, you're facing a time of pandemic. I've heard a few of us discuss this, that fleeing 
is a hard truth for us to grasp. See, we like to think of the faithfulness of Stephen. In, in, in Acts 8, 1, it, it says, you know, Saul is, is, was, was essentially glad that, that Stephen had been martyred. And a lot of us hear that, and, and we, we praise Stephen for standing up for, for what he believed in. And we, we praise him because he was killed for his, his faith. But the, but the rest of the church, they fled. They were on the run, but they were on the run with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are days that we need to stand and fight as a martyr. But there are also days when we need to retreat and cling to the gospel. And in fact, we, we, we sort of sink into the gospel with, with all of our might. But, but how do you know the difference? How do you know the difference between the time to, to stand and fight like Stephen or to flee like the rest of the church did? You see this even in Paul's life. We were talking earlier when he's going city to city, there's times he stays and fights, and there's other times he's let down out of the window and he just runs away. I mean, how do we know the difference? How do I know when it's time to stand and fight? How do I know when it's time to flee? And, and our study is helping us here. The answer is trust the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. But this, the, the hard part for us there, though, is that requires a relationship with God. To, to trust the Spirit and to listen to the Spirit means you have to be near to God and trusting God, listening to God. You see, what we'd rather do is God just tell us the next five things we need to do. That way we can step away from that relationship and just go get about the business and not have to worry about God anymore. And in our minds, we just want the same answer every time. Just God give me one answer, same answer. Is it flee or is it be a martyr? Is it flee or fight? Just tell me one and that's what I'm going to do from here out. But that's not the, that's not the way God works. You see, we, we want that UPS model. Have you noticed that UPS trucks only turn right? UPS does this. They work this out with, with, with their drivers and their routes so that they don't have to turn left. And it's very intentional because left turns are significantly more dangerous than right turns. So safety measure. And not only that, a left turn, the, the company has saved millions of dollars a year in gasoline because their trucks aren't idling in left turn lanes. And so they just go about and they have their set uh, route and they just turn right. And this, this is what we want from God here. Say, God, just, just give me all the answers. That way we can just step away from the relationship and just go do, 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 and just keep, keep on going all about our business. But life doesn't work that way, and God doesn't work that way. It's, it's through the relationship with God that you'll know the right answer at the right time, that you'll know the, the, the next step that you need to take. You see, we want God to say, give me that corner, that corner, that corner. I want the next steps for the next year and the next five years, but that's not the way it works. And we're learning that right now, even in the midst of this pandemic, that we can't plan five months out. We can't plan six months out because we don't know what it's going to look like. And God's never called us to do that. He says, trust me. And come in with a relationship with me. Be near me and I will give you the next step. I will show you the, the next way forward. You see, the way this all works is, is we're, we're sort of begging God to just send us out and give us 45 right turns and we'll, we'll be back around in a little bit. But what God, God's saying is just come to me. It's almost like God's just patting the couch next to him and says, just, would you just come sit with me? Would you just, just come into this relationship with me? Because I'm not worried about turn 48, 
down the road. But, but what I'm, I'm worried about is our relationship. Would, would you come in near to me and be, be close to me? You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Just, just come have a seat near the Lord. I mean, how many more ways, how many more times is God going to have to show his might before we come near to him, before we come and have a seat with him? And we need to recognize this, this is what life is about. It's, it's about the relationships. This is what the first and second greatest commandments are about. This is love God. It's, it's, it's about coming in near to God and having a real relationship with God. And you know, this is our greatest opportunity in the time of a pandemic. We have more opportunity and more time now than ever to sit with God and, and to soak in the purity and the holiness and the wisdom and the rest of God. If we would just come in and use this time to be near Him, we'd be better for it. And you know, the same is true with, with all the other relationships in our life. If, if we would focus in on, on deep, meaningful relationships, God's doing a mighty work in that. To love Him and to love our neighbor, to love our family, God's going to blossom that into something pure and holy. If we would block out the rest of this and develop those relationships, all will be well. But you know, one of the difficulties is we're, we're mesmerized by the chaos of the world. We're addicted to every terrible thing that might happen next. It's like we, we can't keep our eyes off. We're all just kind of rubbernecking in life right now. And all the while, God's just telling us, just come over, just have a seat with me. If you would just come, enjoy this relationship. Enjoy the word. Enjoy our prayer time. Enjoy song. If you just come in near to me, I will make it right you know, it's almost like there's this, this tornado outside. And, and instead of going to, to sit with, with our Lord and know his protection, we, we stick our, our head out the, at the front door just begging to be slapped by debris. Why don't we just sink in near to God and into the word of God and let the Holy Spirit work? This is what the Holy Spirit does. It just comes in and reshapes our heart into something holy. And it's interesting because there, in that moment, you will meet and experience Jesus Christ and your life will be changed. If, if we would just draw in near to the Lord in these days, we will be changed. And that, that's what happened to Saul, Paul, if you will. In one encounter with Jesus Christ, he went from breathing murderous threats to singing about Jesus in a jail cell. And that, that's what Jesus does. He comes in and transforms us. And the Holy Spirit fills you with a power and a boldness to, to, to tell everybody what Jesus Christ has done for you. you know, this, this is what we mean when, when we talk about witness, that you're, you're telling the story of Jesus Christ. And you're, you're also telling the story of how Jesus Christ has intersected your life and made a change. And sometimes that, that change is just that you have hope as the world is broken. That you can look with joy and look up knowing that there is hope for tomorrow because Jesus Christ is alive, resurrected, ascended in heaven with the Father. So that's what the early church began to do. So we see in Acts 1-8, they, they begin, they, they get forced out of Jerusalem, go into uh, Judea and Samaria, and then they, even further to the remotest parts of the earth. 
It's kind of beautiful, though, as they begin to spread in, in Acts 8. You see a couple of stories of people that were hearing this witness of the church and, and what happened in their lives. One of those, you, you see the Holy Spirit was working on Simon the magician. So it's an interesting story in, the, in, in another part of, of Acts 8 that, that they're, they're preaching the gospel and, and Simon, the, the, the people are coming to the Lord and Simon the magician comes to the Lord. But, but he's not quite where he needs to be. In fact, he's still learning and still growing. And it seems like he has this faithful encounter with the Lord. But, but then um, the apostles come and they're praying over them for the Holy Spirit to come on all these new believers, for these new believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what Simon the magician does? He says, oh, let me pay you for that. If I could pay you for this work of the Holy Spirit and the way you're laying hands and praying over us, if you, if you let me pay you so that I can do that, there's no telling what, what can happen. You see, thinking from, from the flesh, and from a fleshly standpoint, you think, I can buy a trick, or I can buy into an organization, or with the right amount of money, I can do anything. But that's not the way this works. That's not the way God works. That you can't buy God off. And the disciples set him straight. What we see in this, the Holy Spirit was at work in all of that. In fact, at the end of that, Simon says, well, pray for me so that I get this right. And the Holy Spirit's working on his life. He's, he's, the Holy Spirit's working on the hearts of these men. And so as the church is faithful just to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ out there, people like Simon the magician are coming to Christ. So there's another one, same thing's true, this Ethiopian official further in Acts 8. This is one of our favorite witnessing stories here. This is one of the stories where we, we learn about witnessing at First Baptist San Antonio. This is the story of this Ethiopian official. And you see that the Holy Spirit's working on his heart. And the Holy Spirit, he's reading the book of Isaiah, and, and the Holy Spirit brings Philip to him. And he says, how do I know who, who Isaiah is talking about? I don't understand what I'm reading in the book of Isaiah. I, I know God is alive. I know God is real. But what does this mean? And just in the power of the Holy Spirit, Philip is there. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, Philip just begins to tell him about Jesus Christ out of the book of Isaiah. And God does a, a mighty work in this. See, the Holy Spirit is, is working on our hearts and in the, the lives of all of us. And what we need to recognize this morning is, is we, we don't have to have all the money in the world. We don't, we don't have to buy into anything. In fact, we don't have to have all the right answers. Not like Simon the Magician, the Ethiopian didn't have the right answers. You don't have to have this all figured out to come to God and be saved. You know, it's, it's almost like kind of the, going back to the analogy of God sitting on the couch and saying, would you come sit with me and let's talk. There's so many of us that are trying to be so busy about other things, getting the house ready or worrying on what's going on outside, worrying on what's going on in the world. We're looking out the windows. We're trying to clean up. So I've got to get all of this in order before I come to God. There's too many other things to do before I come in near to God when God's just saying, just stop. Just come sit with me. You don't have to get your life in order. You don't have to worry about getting them in order. Because one, you're never going to get them in order. And frankly, you can't get your life in order either. Just come sit with the Lord and he will make it right. Will, will you trust the Holy Spirit? Will you trust the Spirit of God to come on you? So this will all be made right. This, this, is, this is the work of God. He, he's... He's getting our attention these days. Are we listening? Are we developing that relationship? That's what we need to be about. Let's pray together.
So Lord, we're, we're grateful for this time together. We hear these stories of Stephen and Saul, Philip, Simon, the Ethiopian man. Lord, we long for that to be us. To see the power of the Spirit in ways that we haven't known before. To, Lord, know your presence. To be a bold witness. To yell the name of Jesus Christ as we run. Or yell the name of Jesus Christ as we stand and fight. Lord, may your name be on our lips. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, may we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.